0: Everything's bigger in Texas. Always trust the process. Welcome to Trust the Process, a podcast on entrepreneurship from MIT's Trust Center. My name is Chris Burns, and I'm the host around here. Today's Texas-sized episode features four students from the Lone Star State. Each of these students made their way to the Trust Center by participating in our brand new TechE program. TechE is a collaboration between MIT and Greentown Labs. Its objective is to help create an energy-focused, student-driven entrepreneurship ecosystem in Houston, Texas. Trust Center Entrepreneur in Residence Ben Saltov is joined by three University of Houston students, Aileen Pham, a master's student in energy development. Arub Sheikh, an undergraduate in business marketing, and Yuan Zhe, an electrical engineering PhD student. Texas A&M PhD student Jerome Sphere rounds out the group.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. Really excited that you were able to join our podcast, especially on some some short notice during this trip to Boston. I want to start out by getting a sense of your personal backgrounds. You know, when someone is a student, that becomes their identity for a temporary and defined short term. But they are people with a, a long background and, and history before that time, so I'd like to get a sense of that for each of you. What brought you to the degree that you're you're currently doing, and and what are you, what are you excited about in your in your current degree?
2: Hi, my name is Aileen Pham. I'm from University of Houston. I got my undergrad as at U of H as a finance and accounting major. Um, I took a year off to moved to California. Um, From there, I did a little bit of background artist, as what we call, but it's just extras on TV and stuff. Um, So I kind of fell into the energy space um, when I got back and was looking for a job. And when I was on, uh, I got an interview at direct energy. And I was confused because it was an energy company, but it wasn't an oil and gas company. So I remember asking my husband, like, what was the association? And he was like, do not ask that question during the interview because that doesn't make you. um." But anyways, I um, did a whole bunch of research and just fell in love with the energy industry from that interview um, and preparing for that interview. And since then, I've just been really passionate about learning about the energy space and everything that makes up um, how much it affects our daily lives and what we do in this energy space affects future generations. And when I, um, I'm also a mom of two boys. Um, So when they get, when they go outside and play and they get sweaty, I get really sad because they're affected by climate change. And it makes me even more passionate about being in this space because I want to make an impact for my children.
1: Thank you for, for sharing all that. Were you saying before when you first heard of the term energy companies, you didn't realize that in Houston that largely means fossil fuel companies or at least used to mean fossil fuel companies? Yeah,
2: that's what my immediate association with the energy space was like energy means oil and gas. So when I applied for direct energy, which is an electricity retail um, provider, it wasn't actually Oil and gas, and so I didn't make the association until I, you know, was like, why, why is my husband responding to this question like this? <laughs> and so I just started learning and learning and learning and learning, and that's this evolving snowball effect. <laughs> oh.
1: and uh, you said you were an extra in some TV shows. Yes. What TV shows?
2: Um, it was a while back, but um, in college. Um, how I made my money was doing back, um, theater, theater work in the local uh, community. And so after graduation, I moved to Los Angeles, where I did background um, work for various shows. I think, I can't remember all the names, but it was all ABC network TV shows.
1: Thanks for sharing more about your background. I didn't know all that. Arup, how about you?
3: Hi, my name is Arub Sheikh and I'm an undergraduate at the University of Houston studying Marketing. So I'm currently a marketing student. And what really led me to pursue that as my major was I really saw it as the framework of business. And for me, I've always valued and respected entrepreneurship. Um, I'm actually a first gen immigrant. I came here when I was really young, but I remember coming here with my family and my dad actually started his own business to help support us. And from there, I saw how entrepreneurship can empower people to you know, take control of their life and empower their community as well which is really what led me into entrepreneurship itself. Um, And I've participated in Accelerator and I've been really interested in pitch competitions and just getting myself out there. Um, Currently, I totally understand what you mean about how, you know, as students, we really tie our identity to being a student. Um, I've definitely felt that and coming near graduation, I'm starting to feel it more. But outside of being a student, I would call myself an avid traveler, um, a yoga enthusiast, and I love trying new things. I really want to get SCUBA certified, but I'm teaching myself how to swim based off YouTube University right now. So just always putting myself out there. And I'd really, you know, describe that as my identity.
1: I highly recommend getting SCUBA certified. I also (laughs) recommend learning to swim before you do. (laughs) What would you say was
0: the hardest part about learning to swim as an adult?
3: I remember learning to swim as a child, but I haven't swam in years when I've like been starting to swim again, right? And I'd say just um, realizing that I can actually drown because there's a part of me that feels invis- invincible. I think that's part of being a young adult or being a college student. I feel like nothing can hurt me. And I start cramping up and I'm like, okay, relaxed, five feet of water, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen. So I'd say that's the biggest um, you know, impact, psychological impact that's really just been kind of holding me back from improving.
4: Okay. Hey, so I'm Jerome Sphair. I'm a PhD student at Texas A&M University. I'm studying geotechnical engineering, and my focus is on geothermal energy. Originally, I'm from Lebanon in the Middle East. Uh, I grew up with high interest in math and physics, which led me to look into engineering majors. So I started off by studying petroleum engineering for my undergrad. And then when I was wrapping it up, I started looking for graduate studies program, which led me to look at Texas A&M. And here I am, I did my master's and uh, I'm doing now my PhD at A&M. Besides being a student, uh, I'm a huge uh, football fan. You call it soccer here, but <laughs> uh, I've been playing it since I was four years old. I still play twice a week. I like hiking, nature, and traveling. I like to explore new cultures and places.
5: Hi, my name is Yuan Zi, fourth year PhD student from University of Houston, majoring electric engineer. Uh, my research focus is machine learning and sustainability. Uh, I, for me, I grew up in a uh, uh, traditional typical Chinese families and my my father was a math teacher in middle school and my mother is a back clerk um uh, in my small one-child families uh, I the the most successful man is my uncle uh, he gets accepted to the traditional energy uh, and uh, he got the chance to visit the big cities and uh, got the chance to fly to everywhere uh, I, I, I I think that's a pretty good job so I applied the, the uh, 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 better petroleum university in China and uh, that's what got me into the energy uh, domain. And after that, with my limited uh, sense about the world, I, I just uh, know to, uh, uh, the, the oil countries and the oil universities, so I, I applied for for the uh, Saudi Arabia and the Russian <laughs> and, uh, uh, U of H. Uh, finally, I got uh, uh, offer from U of H Then I came to study here. But at that time, the oil price is very down. So I, I, I was thinking about it. Maybe I should choose a more general engineer major. So I choose the electrical engineer, um, uh, but in Houston. So we all doing oil and gas. So I'm still doing research related to oil and gas. You had quite a set
1: of options to choose from. Those would have been each a uniquely different experience for you. Uh, well, thank you all. i've I've learned more about who you are as whole people, and and I, I value that. I want to ask specifically about tex The reason that, that you all are, are here is that you're tex Fellows. tex stands for uh, Texas Entrepreneurship Exchange for Energy. It's a program that the Martin Trust Center runs along with Greentown Labs, the largest climate tech incubator in North America, and universities across Texas, including your universities. In addition to Texas A&M and University of Houston represented today, we also have University of Texas Austin and Rice University, as well as Prairie View A&M. It's a, unique collaboration to connect the energy innovation ecosystem in Boston with the one in Houston, to connect the entrepreneurship ecosystem at MIT with the universities in Texas. We see students as the front lines of driving that forward, and that is why we have student liaisons known as the TEXI Fellows. So you are our TEXI Fellows. What attracted you to the TEXI Fellow program?
4: Sure so I first heard for uh, about TexE by an email from the university saying that it's a new program between uh, Greentown Labs, MIT and Texas Universities and I was just getting into my PhD into the green energy world and I was very interested and then I applied I talked to you and when I talked to you I saw the energy and the uh, I felt this was going to be a big and a good program, so I went ahead and applied. And so far, I'm not disappointed at all. I'm actually surprised that it's even better than I expected.
1: <laughs> Glad to hear that. That's always the feedback you want. Aileen, you gave us a little bit about it in your previous answer, but anything else to add about why you decided to become a TEXI fellow?
2: Yeah, Um Well, uh, I wanted to be part of the TEXI program mostly because, or initially because of its association with Greentown Lab. And Greentown Lab is quite known in the energy community um, in Houston. And so when I got an email and saw that there was a, a partnership between GreenTown Lab and TechE. I was like, oh, I'm, um, i I want to learn about it, and um, so I, you know, went and looked into it and applied. But now I'm more interested in TechE than, than the GreenTown Lab aspect of it because I feel like a e has given me so much exposure to the energy space. Um, because initially, I was just thinking, like, okay, we need to join all these major companies. If I wanted to make any impact, I have to join the major uh, energy companies if I wanted to do anything in any space. But taxi has provided me an, a space where it's you don't have to make an impact through big companies, but through smaller entrepreneurship.
0: Arub, did you have anything to add?
3: So... Uh, I'd actually like to share the story of how I ended up applying first, which is really a huge coincidence. Um, I was just scrolling on my LinkedIn really late a weekend night, um, super fun, obviously. And I remember seeing the post about this uh, fellowship program, and it had really low engagement. So you know, I don't know why I how I ended up um, scrolling past it, but I ended up looking more into it. And I ended up applying that night. And then as to why, what really pushed me to apply was um, my interest in energy really started uh, during the pandemic. So I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship, but my interest in energy specifically, or that energy transition happened during the pandemic where everyone was kind of shut in, we were supposed to quarantine, and everyone was going for afternoon walks, right? And I had a miserable time with that because... My neighborhood actually didn't have sidewalks. And then I'd go to my friend's neighborhood to go walk on her sidewalks with her and the sidewalks would be cracked. And I started learning more about urban development. And I started learning more about how it connects to energy and carbon um, emissions and all these interconnected um, factors, right, all these interconnected industries. And that's what really pushed me into the whole energy space. I think growing up in Houston, where oil and gas is so huge, also really inspired me as well, seeing like, okay, this is another way to diversify our economy as well and sort of support the people, Houstonians and diversify, um, offer more job creation. And that's really what drove me in to really apply. I wanted to, you know, support my city and see, you know, a better Houston as well, something that's built around building community and buildings of with buildings with a focus on sustainability.
1: So that's great. Thank you all for, for sharing those stories of, of why you've come to this program. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the, the programs that we, we've done so far as, as part of TechE. And I want to start with the weekend course that happened just a little bit earlier this year. Jerome and Eileen, I know you're both at that course. It was a, an Energy Ventures short course. Can you tell me a little bit more
4: about your experience in that course and, and what you learned? Yeah. Of course, so uh, as you, usual, you promised that there can be a taxi course at the beginning of the fall, and you reached out a couple of weeks earlier, and as usual, I got excited about it and signed up immediately, and we went down there for a two-day course where we met a bunch of uh, students from Texas and entrepreneurs from, that came from Boston Uh, The highlight of my uh, weekend course was uh, Bill. Uh, It was a life changing uh, experience. Uh, It was a whole different perspective of entrepreneurship. When I was listening to him, I was just texting my friends simultaneously. Buy this book, buy this book. Disciplined entrepreneurship is is different than all the podcasts or YouTube videos that you're gonna hear about entrepreneurship uh, on. Uh, It was life changing. And then when we teamed up with other students uh, to work on a certain project, uh, this kind of also helped me widen up my view because when you're doing a PhD, you tend to always be more theoretical, solve the science, the physics and all of that. But then I met MBA students that would highlight what's important, what's relevant when you're pitching something to someone. And, of course, I specialize in geothermal energy. uh, And there's a saying when all you have in your hand is a hammer, all the problems in the world would look like a nail to you. (laughs) So as soon as you gave us the problem that we needed to solve, I told my group, let's solve it with geothermal. And then they helped me how to pitch geothermal in a way that an investor would be interested in it, not just showing them the equations and uh, the science and that was my major takeaway from the course.
1: Yeah Eileen how about you what was your experience with the taxi weekend course? Mm,
2: when I don't know what I was expecting when I uh, signed up to take the course um, I was kind of familiar with the entrepreneurship environment and industry because my sister had started a startup um, Inc LA uh, so I wasn't sure what I was expecting but Ben Provided a book, a recommended book to read for the um, for the for the weekend course. So I went ahead and bought the book. I remember at one point of reading the book, I was like. I don't understand this. It makes it so confusing. There's no product you're selling while you're doing all this work and there's no actual product. <laughs> I just didn't agree with it in the beginning. And then when I start, and then I, but I, you know, pushed on and continued reading. And I was like, at one point, um, I had a light bulb moment um, from reading that book. And I was just so, and then I just, consume myself in every single word that was written because it just made so much sense it made just so much sense like oh this is how you can be successful in entrepreneurship so I entered in so I went to the, uh, the weekend course after finishing the book and at one point, Bill came out and I was like, wait a minute, that <laughs> that's the author. And so I, I remember taking out my, my book from the bag and looking, I was like, oh, my gosh, it is him. And I just really was so excited. And so from that moment on and just seeing Bill and his excitement about teaching us was just life-changing like what he said. Um, It was just really life-changing. And it actually motivated me to actually think about, hey, I can actually make an impact through startup and entrepreneurship. But the great thing about that weekend course was not only because I got to learn from the author of um, the book, but being placed in a team to come up with a uh, business. I, from that interaction, was also life-changing too because I actually had a conflict with another team member and it made me realize how important it is. And Ben and Bill had emphasized, like your team members are really important to how successful your business is. And I was, I was like, oh, okay. So I had an actual real-life experience, um, learning experience, not only through the book, but actually in person. So it was really neat to um, experience all that in one short time.
1: Arub, I think you said you've used disciplined entrepreneurship in another context. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Of course.
3: So, this past um, spring semester, I took a course at my university called the Pre Accelerator Program to prepare for an accelerator program that I took over the summer. Um, and Back then, at the time, I wasn't sure if I was going to participate in the Accelerator or not, but I wanted to get a feel for um, what is it going to look like? What is the content we're going to be going over? And is this a chance to really dip my feet into entrepreneurship in general? And during that spring course, um, we used Bill's book as a reference. And honestly, it broke everything down so well. Um, It really frames the fundamentals to starting a business and how to not even start the business, but the idea generation part, literally the birth of an idea to having it in front of you and seeing the results of it out on the market. And... It was really inspirational and it's a framework that you can take into any aspect of your life. And I unfortunately was not able to attend the short course weekends, but I was really excited to see how um, that framework could be applied to the energy space and the uh, energy transition space as well. So uh, it was definitely um, a great like piece of knowledge to learn. And honestly, I'd recommend it to anyone.
1: Thank you all for joining this infomercial for disciplined entrepreneurship. <laughs> Appreciate your participation as, as free uh, uh, free brand ambassadors. <laughs> Just kidding, uh, but but uh, uh, glad to hear that disciplined entrepreneurship has been such an effective tool for you all in learning how to become entrepreneurs and how to apply that knowledge to the energy and sustainability space. So you're all here this weekend or today because you were at the Energy Hack, which is an event that is a a big part of the the ecosystem here at MIT. Can you tell me a little bit more about your experience participating in, in the Energy Hack this past
5: weekend? Uh, for me, it's a quite spectacular experience. Uh, I got teamed with MIT students, uh, two, two, two MIT students. One one from engineer backgrounds, uh, but he's a bachelor students, freshman, and uh, one from MBA backgrounds, uh, with bioengineer engineer backgrounds, uh, which all 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 their backgrounds are not familiar to me. So I got learned a uh, lot of things from them, and. Uh, for this uh, specific topic of concrete, I, I learned a lot of fun facts because I used to believe the carbon uh, storage and carbon sequestration, the only way to store the carbon is to inject it back to the underground, uh, which related to my research do- domain. The, but now I, I get to know concrete can also sequestrate some carbon from the air. For free, so <laughs> so, so that, that that's really uh, something threatens my claim, claimation <laughs> in my research.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's always healthy to have your ideas challenged and questioned,
4: yeah. and to you know re reevaluate your own yeah. beliefs. Yeah. Coming in here, I didn't expect it to be that big in terms of participation and uh, involvement with the university. There was about 400 participants, which was huge. And uh, we teamed up with students from here, from uh, Boston University and from MIT. And the program was intense. We were given problems by big companies uh, that we need to solve within... bit over a day so that was very challenging but
3: i'm not gonna lie i actually thought it was going to be overnight so i was ready with my overnight bag to stay up all night working on my presentation
0: (laughs) (laughs) um
3: but it was honestly a really enlightening experience i will be honest i came in ready to feel like the dumbest person in the room because i figured that you know a lot of the topic would be relating to, you know, harder sciences to people um, and there were going to be people who'd done research in this field participating and I um, I don't really have that background, you know, it was recently that I started getting interested in energy. So I'd say the intimidation factor was the biggest challenge. And thankfully, my team was so supportive. Um, like Jerome said earlier, you know, meeting with people you met that day and then working with them over the course of a weekend—it can definitely be challenging. But I think in my case. Um, We had a great team dynamic, and I felt like I was able to contribute a lot in terms of, you know, the market side, um, figuring out uh, different strategies to approach our customers and how to really differentiate ourselves from competitors. So at the end of the day, I did feel like I was able to contribute while learning more about the energy industry itself. And I feel a lot more confident getting my feet wet in the future and getting more involved.
2: Uh, The cool thing is that I didn't realize you can make an impact through looking at it from a construction building perspective. And that was the theme of this energy hack. Walking away from this energy hack, I think I know a little bit more about um, concrete (laughs) and cement than I did (laughs) before coming in. So that was a really neat experience. Um, So, yes, (laughs) that was pretty. Yeah.
1: So you're all students in Houston. Uh, you've come up to MIT for this program, uh, the the Energy Hack. But you've also been learning from from MIT through the Texe program. Can you tell me more about what what you think that you as as students in Houston can learn from our ecosystem here at MIT and and Boston more broadly?
4: Yes, I I can start. So. Uh, Again, being in school, uh, studying engineering for the past six, seven years, we always focus on the technical side. And when I got exposed to the Boston and MIT ecosystem, there was a lot of people, although they have A lot of technical background they also have an equal background in the entrepreneurship and the finance and in business and I learned a lot on how to talk this language when communicating my technical background. When I came for the first XE interaction last year uh, last April or March for the energy conference at MIT I was expecting an energy conference where we're gonna be talking all also science, physics, and stuff like that. But then I learned that eighty percent of the professionals that were there were more into uh, venture uh, capitals and finance and investors. And while in Houston, the most people I meet in the industry are also are engineering. And that's where the orientation is. Uh, So then when I left, I had the feeling that here there's this built ecosystem for VC that is very good for startups to be exposed to, which probably is not as present in Houston as it is in Boston.
3: Um, I would say coming to MIT for this energy hackathon, even though it went by so fast. Um, I would say the most important thing I learned was how important it is to surround yourself with people who inspire you and put you outside of your comfort zone. Um, I know it's a bit more of an abstract answer that can look different for everyone, but I think Houston's really, you know, you know, speeding up, like matching up on the race there and really building that community in terms of uh, build, uh, building, building, bringing people together, like, for a common cause?
2: I guess um, I can add uh, to that. Uh, Energy is—Houston is really known as an oil and gas energy city. Um, But in Boston, it has more of a—it's more more known for being in tech. And so by having been in this environment, you can combine— Tech into the energy space, and um, that kind of makes it move faster, um, making a change in the energy space faster because you're incorporating all this tech in, into it. I remember during the hackathon, we our team didn't win, but we didn't have a um, we didn't have a tech perspective, and a, a lot of the teams that moved on to the second round had an app or some kind of software that can. um, And that was something that I was not thinking about when I was trying to come up with a solution in energy space. But after experiencing that, I was like, yeah, you can totally incorporate tech into making the transition move faster. Or yes, you know.
1: As you said, Houston is known for being a, a leader of the energy structures of the 20th century and is looking to move into the 21st century and remain a leader in energy in the 21st century. So why is Houston an exciting place to be for the energy transition and for energy innovation?
4: I could start by, uh, we used to refer to these big oil companies as oil companies. Today we talk about them as energy companies. So that's a huge shift in how uh, the perspective to these big companies starting from BP, Chevron, Exxon and so on. We look at them now as energy companies since they are diversifying their energy portfolio into renewables. Uh, You could go talk to someone in BP or Chevron about solar or wind or geothermal and These companies are investing a lot of their efforts while still operating their oil and gas assets. They do realize that in order to be part of the new energy sector, they need to be more involved into the green energy world.
3: This might really end up sounding like a love letter to Houston, (laughs) but I would say... um, Houston is relatively a a younger city compared to Boston. Um, We have had like a pretty corporate culture for quite some time, but recently we've been investing a lot more in startups, um, creating more community and uh, connecting innovators with, you know, resources. And I'd say what has really um, pushed Houston to just, Grow so exponentially um, in certain areas would be uh, just making sure everyone has the head, same head start and everyone is given the same um, res- resources, has access to resources, democratizing these um, n- this necessary education. Um, you can be in the room and find five people who look like you and five people who don't, and 15 people who don't look like you. It is so diverse, right? But not everyone has had, you know, the same start in the, say, corporate industry or the startup uh, ecosystem. So, you know, you can easily find uh, people, mentors or like even information to help you get your feet wet. And I'd say um, just how we've been like growing so much is focusing on community and focusing on helping each other.
0: Did the 2021 winter storm event in Houston influence the way that you see the need for green energy to become more commonplace? Um,
3: So just based off my own experience, um, I think Texas still has a lot of room to grow. Um, That freeze over incident was a huge failure in our energy grid and hopefully moving forward, we can band our community together to prevent it from happening again. Um, There was a lot of unnecessary loss and struggles that happened. Um, I saw like, you know, some of my neighbors, their roofs, like their ceilings would cave in and their insulation would come in down into like their rooms. And that's, you know, unacceptable as climate change has been proven. And we have continued to see its effects in the past few years. We, you know, continue to prepare for these effects, not not only just, you know, continue to work towards um, mitigating the effects, but be able to, like, handle the effects that are already here instead of avoiding the problem. So, you know, hopefully moving forward, we see more power to the people and, um, you know, less of these sorts of freeze-over incidences. And that's just my two cents on the uh, topic
2: um, yeah, that was a very um, life-changing experience. I didn't realize how much I needed power and water because um, we lost water as well. So it's not just um, power. But I think that the, what happened in a, in that, during that time was just an unfortunate event that was eventually going to happen somewhere in the world. Um, it just happens to be in Houston with ERCOT. Um, extreme weather is becoming a norm now and we need to do something to kind of make it less extreme, um, especially for the long term for my kids. <laughs> and so reasons, but um, yes, the first, yeah, for future generations.
1: I think wanting to protect your children and other future generations is mm-hmm. the opposite of a selfish reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we are nearing the end of our time. I'll I'll ask one more question to you all, bringing it back to the TEXI program. We're still at the very early stages of this. We just formally launched TEXI a couple weeks ago and we've only been working on it starting this year. What do you want to see from the TEXI program going forward to really drive the energy transition and this relationship between Boston and Houston?
4: So far, all the activities and programs we had were very successful. I think I participated in all of them so far and I would like for future taxi fellows to have the same experience as I had so at least keep whatever we did in the last year.
2: I was going to yeah say that you know continue please continue doing what you're doing. I have I love my experience with Taxi. I have nothing bad to say. But I guess if I wanted to add w- One thing to it is that it would be neat to have a startup present their current problem that they're experiencing in their startup um, in a weekend uh, environment where uh, students like us can help solve that problem.
1: Well, I give these folks a lot of credit because they didn't know about this until last (laughs) night. (laughs) And they didn't realize... (laughs) Until the last minute that they would be on the podcast, not (laughs) listening. You
4: guys are great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So thank you all for taking the time to join this podcast, to have this conversation, and for coming to the TEXI program and being TEXI fellows. We are thrilled to have you, and we are thrilled to welcome you to MIT. Well, that's it for another episode of Trust the
0: Process. This has been a production of the Martin Trust Center for MIT Entrepreneurship, located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. This show is edited and produced by me, Chris Burns, with special help from Greg Weimer. All of our music was written and recorded by Will Leet. Come again soon.